why does it not go when I'm in a manic phase, I'm going to go feed the poor. There's something going on inside. And and the reason I say that is because I have had many clients come into my office under a manic phase have said, you know, I had sex with five different people in the last two weeks. And it, it it's only because of my mania. Welcome to Speak the Truth. And before we get into our next episode, I'd like to share with you the 2020 Call to Counsel National Conference brought to you by the Association of Biblical Counselors. The conference kicks off April 23rd through the 25th at Doxology Bible Church located in Fort Worth, Texas. This year's specialized tracks include Introduction to Biblical Counseling, Depression, Domestic Abuse, Addiction, Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Marriage, and Anxiety. Registration is open, so please register today at Call to Counsel. Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello. We are back in our third series or should I say episode in this series of unpacking uh, the diagnostic uh, statistical manual and their uh, symptoms. And um, with this episode, we want to finish our conversation around last episode, we were talking about major depressive episode. And this episode, uh, we want to kind of get into or finish rather uh, bipolar disorder. Uh, We started getting into a little bit of that uh, last episode. I would encourage you at this point, if you're just tuning in, uh, I would stop this episode and go back and listen to the uh, episode before this on uh, major depressive episode, because we kind of set the tone for getting into uh, the bipolar disorder. So that's what we're going to conclude with in this this episode before we get started, Sean, how you doing? Well, I just listened to um, how you did the promo for the call to council conference. I'm getting excited to see everybody. I, we're only just a few. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how close it is already. I think on our website, we have a counter now and it yeah. said like 68 days or something. Mm-hmm. It's me... going to feel like 30 though. I think I mentioned that earlier. What do you mean? Oh, cause it's going to go by so quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. 68 days away. I like that countdown. That's really cool. But I'm just excited to see everybody. There's so many people coming in like, just to it, it, it just goes by in a whirlwind because you can't really catch up with everybody but um i don't know it's 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 fun to know that i'm creating friendships from a distance and so yes. then when we all come together we actually get to mingle and hang mm-hmm. out what are you excited about michael uh well likewise i'm excited to see everybody i'm excited to uh bring the podcasting gear again and do some more uh recording with uh some new people uh mm-hmm. last year was really fun having yeah. the opportunity to sit down with paul Tripp and talk about suffering in his book on suffering um and then this year being able to sit down with elise and some others that we sat with last year and able to sit with them again this year i'm excited to see that And I'm excited also, too, because we get to enjoy this year's um, event with new people from Truth Renewed in our training for Equipped to Counsel. So last year we had our first, yeah, we had our first iteration. And then now here we are this year with our uh, second iteration. So we're excited about that. I am. That is fun because it's like it's it's a new group that hasn't ever attended. So they're attending for the first time. I mean, that's really fun just Mm -hmm. to know that. I mean, this is going to change. It's literally inviting them them into a new world, one that they've heard about. But then they, they, when they see the life of from uh, different parts of the world that are coming in and realizing that they're, they're pursuing the same things that they are Mm -hmm. like that. That's encouraging. So I'm excited about that. So Jeremy, you've obviously been doing a lot longer than us. Do you still get excited or is it just a, another, another thing in your year? Well, I would say it's always been fun. Um, but 
in the last couple of years, we completely trained our, uh, changed our format to offer these tracks. And so it's very, very exciting to you know, well, when people are, when people, and we we're just getting great feedback. And when I know that people have come to our conference and they've set under eight hours of exceptional training mm-hmm. on one topic, mm-hmm. then I really feel like we are serving the church well because we're sending them back uh, with some really good tools. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to, you know, one of the things that blesses my heart is as we work with all of these different speakers and it just, it's, it's mind blowing to me personally, just to see how eager, excited and humble uh, all of our speakers are to put in some really uh, focused work to make sure that when they get there, they're going to be able to offer very high quality teaching. Yeah, so if yeah. if you are just on the edge of not knowing whether or not you should come, I want to highly encourage anyone that's listening that's not yet registered to register because you'll learn a lot, but also you'll be blessed by the worship. You'll be encouraged in our plenary sessions where our, our aim is really just to let those times be a, a good shot in the arm to encourage you in the work that you're doing. Yeah, it is. It's definitely worth, because I know some people come out of town actually far and it's worth the, the investment. But you're right about the teachers, you know, because this is my first year as executive director to really be communicating to them. And everybody is just so loving mm-hmm. and they're excited about coming. It's not just like another thing that they're doing. No. They're they're like, I can't wait to come and, and, and be with everyone and my team and um, and just to talk and to teach. And so it, it's, it's just really fun. I know I say excited all the time. Is that my favorite word? Do you think I'm so excited? No, it, it's no. good though, because I do it. I personally like it because I think it, it reflects what's happening on your face. Yeah. <laughs> you're very animated. I am. And animated. then when you say excited, like your face, literally, it's like the keyword in your face just knows to respond. Wait, are you <laughs> saying that I'm like that one lady on Lego Masters? No. Oh my gosh. Have y'all seen that show I've Lego Masters? It. No. So it's like if anybody oh, who I've loves, heard of it. Yeah. yeah, loves Legos, it's like now a competition. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they haven't it's, had this before. The best way I can describe it, Jeremy, is, you know, when somebody sticks their head out the window going 60 miles Michael, an hour that's and it's like this it's <laughs> no. like every response no. nobody can see what i'm doing but it's funny <laughs> like that's her true. eyes are always just lit up and she always looks like oh my well, god every, everything's expressive. is that the host or no, no, no. it's just one of the okay. contestants no. okay um, yeah uh arnett was the uh was the host yeah, Will arnett. Arnett. yeah um but no this and what was funny is whoever was doing you know the the videography and just capturing the show because they, they kind of do it in like a um i don't know uh what do they call the uh reality tv so okay. it's kind of like in yeah. the in yeah, that re- reality tv format drama. Mm-hmm. but it always knew to go to her oh, every wow. time they were transitioning <laughs> a, a point in the show they would just kind of capture her and she's always kind of having her face looks like it's on fire her so, so when we go and watch it this week we think of shauna when we see that that's what i want to know no like, you can tell every you're emotion. a far more milder version of that yeah yeah but you can't not love her like you want to be her friend yeah, like, she just, I mean, yeah. it's always like like somebody who's just waiting for information, just like yeah. just waiting to experience <laughs> anyway, it's, something. It's pretty, it's funny, it's pretty incredible, though, to see what these, man, people are talented, man, the creativity that they're able to build mm. these things from Legos, mm. and they do it within like 17 hours or something. It's really cool. That's a, that's a fun show to watch. We just watch it on Hulu. Yeah, so... 
Legos to bipolar disorder. Yeah. Okay. So get back. Um, let's get down to business. Huh? Yeah. But it's helpful. Um, for any of you who want to know what Shauna looks like when she's excited, go watch <laughs> Lego. I'm kidding. Well, okay. we need, we're going to, we need to get video in our, in our yeah. podcast and then people Which, can see. Uh, for those of you who are faithful listeners, uh, please be praying for us. Uh, we are going to hopefully by the time we hit April and get the conference. So that actually be the time when we're, that'll be a year. Uh, we launched mm-hmm. last right. year. Our first official episode for the podcast was, I believe, April 17th. So our goal is to actually be doing video by then. So we'll have our YouTube channel and uh, that way you can see the way that we engage and when I make silly faces, what we're actually, uh, what we're actually doing. What's so what's the prayer for, for me? Well, no, the, no, the prayer is, uh, just that, um, as a female, I don't, I don't like this. Yeah. No, the, the prayer is the, <laughs> the prayer is just the production stuff and just getting everything lined up and, uh, being able to, we just want to produce some good content. You know, we yeah. want it to, we want it to be good. And so it's, it's going to require some, some, some help and some training. And so we're, we're, uh, we're fastly approaching that just uh, need prayer for that. So, and we're it, grateful for you, Michael, for taking that on because yeah. that's a lot to learn and you've done great on the audio and I expect great things on video too. You're awesome. Well, I appreciate it, but I also need some grace in that because some of my stuff's not going to be so good. So <laughs> uh, we don't believe it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited f- and uh, mm-hmm. thank you for the prayers and thank you for the encouragement. Yes. The encouragement. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know if our people have seen that movie it, or do we want to recommend it? What well, is couples are you sure? I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, couples yeah. retreat. Well, they do a really good job of stereotyping those yoga guys. Oh, yeah. It's a, <laughs> encouragement. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's encouraged. Yes. Don't need a video. If, you, if we had the video going, you would see Michael rolling his hips right now. Oh, I wasn't rolling my hips. <laughs> it was hand motion. If it wasn't hot to me, then. <laughs> hey, oh. we promote marriage and worship yes, in this do. podcast. Yes. Okay. yes. Oh, God. God's way is the right way, and it is a glorious way. Anyway, that's right. all right. We're so, having too much fun for such a serious we're, I, topic. We, we're kind of in a manic phase right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Ah, yeah. You like that? Look at look at what Jeremy just did. Yeah. That was good. All right. So, Jeremy, you want to bring us into just kind of the, the again the lenses, the differences, and what we talked about last episode into the bipolar piece of the disorder. Yeah. The main thing we want to do for our listeners is to encourage them that uh, you may not be an expert in psychiatry and you may not be all that familiar with some of the labels that come out of that. And sometimes when you hear someone come into your life or your office or wherever you're Mm -hmm. doing ministry and they pull out a word like bipolar disorder, it can feel very intimidating. And it it can often feel like maybe the Bible isn't relevant to what this person's real struggle is. And so what we're wanting to show is that the Bible actually does... um, very much address the same things that psychiatry would call bipolar disorder. Yeah. And so we're going to look at, uh, again, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which is psychiatry's uh, Bible. It's their conceptual lens. Uh, we do see some 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 helpful qualities of the DSM because it organizes, uh, through a scientific way, it organizes certain behavioral patterns to help yeah. us see, you know, if somebody walks into my office with borderline personality disorder diagnosis, I kind of know what I'm dealing with uh, to a degree because of what the DSM foretells me these kind of individuals typically, uh, how they typically act or what how yeah. they typically present. So there's helpfulness to it. We're not downing the, the, the manual, but we're saying uh, that's not our Bible, number mm-hmm. one. And number two, our Bible does deal with these big words. Yeah. Okay. So um, 
we're talking about bipolar. Last time we talked about major depressive disorder, and there are many people that have been diagnosed with that. Bipolar brings in another dynamic. And and in the new DSM, there are several, there's bipolar one, bipolar two, et cetera. So mm. it's a very complicated diagnosis. Uh, but typically when there is a bipolar diagnosis, you have something in, that comes in with major depressive disorder or a major depressive episode mm-hmm. called a manic episode. And I have dealt with people who are in a true manic episode and there is definitely something different going on with them at a physiological level. Uh, racing thoughts, their sentences all over the place, not even connected sometimes. Uh, but here's how the DSM-4 would explain the criteria uh, that one would have to meet in order to have a diagnosis that they're having a manic episode. And again, they might not exhibit all seven of these. Uh, I don't remember exactly what the manual says, but it would probably be three or four of these, I'm assuming. Number one, a distinct period of abnormally and persistently elevated, expansive or irritable mood lasting at least one week. So there's that that indicator. It's, it's got to be at least one week. Uh, number two, an inflated self-esteem or grandiosity. Number three, more talkative than usual or pressures to keep talking. Number four, flight of ideas or subjective experience that thoughts are racing. Number five, distractibility. Number six, increase in goal-directed activity, either socially, at work, or school, or sexual activity. And number seven, excessive involvement in pleasurable activities that have a high potential for painful consequences, such as engaging in unrestrained buying sprees, uh, sexual indiscretions, or foolish business investments. So if a person is is truly in this uh, manic phase where there is something big time going on physiologically, uh, examples are that sometimes uh, just your your average Joe drives up in a Corvette that he just decided to buy in the last 30 minutes, um, which would be very, very unusual for that person. So that would be the basic criteria for a manic episode. And if you have a major depressive episode, manic episode, there might be some form of bipolar going on, according to psychiatry. That's good. Um yeah, that's, uh, that's really helpful. And again, I uh, just want to encourage last episode, I mentioned this one, I mentioned it here as well, that the sheets that we're going off of, if you're a member of ABC in the ChristianCounseling.com back office, they have these forms unpacking these these things so you can actually follow along and there's actually um, not just the uh, the kind of side-by-side comparison that we're kind of going through in this episode, but there's also um, kind of a discussion around what this looks like as well. Um, and it's pretty much for every for every criteria that, you know, uh, mental uh, illness um, that's highlighted in this particular series, there's a there's a, a discussion sheet to go along with the side by side comparisons, too. So just want to remind you guys of that as well. So, so for this, is it is it kind of like they would look at this, Jeremy, as if they exhibit one of the seven or would it be like all of the seven and then? You know what I mean? So I would need to consult the manual itself, which I don't have in front of me, but it, it, it's probably going to be a, at least three or four. Yeah. It's definitely not going to be all seven. So they're just giving you like, look out for these types look of things. Look out for these. Right? If there's gotcha. three of these or so, then we're probably dealing with a manic episode. Yeah, and if it's all seven, they're probably in inpatient care somewhere. Possibly, or, uh, you know, uh, they might need some medication to get them uh, balanced out a little bit. What you typically see, here's what I've always it's seen. what they're saying, right? This is, this is something where it's the chicken or the egg, and it's just hard to know which is first. And, and I'm sure if we had a psychiatrist in here who's really trained in this, they might be able to help me understand that. But I often see is when a person stops sleeping well, and suddenly they've stayed up all night, uh, one night, 
two nights in a row, three nights. Suddenly, because they're not sleeping, they kind of go off the edge. Mm-hmm. And they begin to exhibit a lot of these things here. Yeah. Uh, so is it the bipolar that caused them not to sleep or is it the sleep that created these manic? Right. right. I don't necessarily right. know the answer yeah. to that. But but that's as a counselor, it's always good to assess if someone is, is sleeping well. Yeah. Um, and if they're not, uh, then we need to try to figure out a way to help uh, help in that regard. I think you're picking on me. No, you know what's funny, though? He's picking on me right now. What's funny, though, you know, just sleeping well. (laughs) All right. Comparatively, though, in Scripture, now getting into the biblical, excuse me, the biblical explanation for a manic episode is what's interesting is Scripture. Oftentimes, especially in the Psalms, uh, you see, you know, David struggling and oftentimes referring to him being in his bed at night and thinking and struggling and like. Oh, yeah. So. Scripture has a lot to say about that, too. I, th- I think there's a lot there, actually. Um, but with the biblical descriptors um, that accurately describe the spiritual issues um, that really foster behavior and thinking, kind of uh, what the DSM would consider manic episode for a biblical perspective and view of that would be anger or fits of rage. Uh, pride. Um, that was also in the last one in unpacking um, the depressive episode, the major depressive episode. Um, anxiety, selfish ambition, fear, self-control, drunkenness, sexual immorality, adultery, foolishness, folly, idolatry. Again, same things um, with some of those itemizers from last one as well. Control, significance, pleasure, acceptance, approval, security, and power. And I think this also goes back to even last episode, Jeremy, where you kind of brought up the uh, the control, power, the love. Uh, lust and just how where one person can swing where they've got the, you know, that inflated self-esteem or grandiosity. And then it goes to like, everything is horrible. And I just want to end everything because they essentially didn't get what they want. So, Mm -hmm. and they're thinking of how amazing they are as a person pride um, when something doesn't happen or come to fruition the way that they are believing it to be in their grandiosity. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden now it's the, I just hit rock bottom and I'm, and then folly just reigns parade right and yes. everything that they do and that's yes. kind of how biblically you can kind of see that mm-hmm. so and it's very interesting if you look at the sheet we're looking at which would be um bipolar manic episode criteria on the christiancounseling.com website if you're a member go to yep. member resources you can pull it up but if you look at these two lists on the left side where there's psychiatry you don't really see words that are laden with morality yeah uh, you're oh, that's, gonna, that's a good observation. You're going to see inflated self-esteem. Now, what in the world? Okay. <laughs> yeah. In the world of Christianity, we call that pride. Yeah. And and pride is a moral issue because it is in always in reference to a holy God. An increase, uh, I'm sorry, excessive involvement in pleasurable activities, such as engaging in unrestrained buying sprees. We, we might call that foolishness and folly. Um, or if it's too much alcohol, we would call that drunkenness, not yeah. just excessive involvement. But there, the heart is involved here, and it's always the heart before the Lord. And the Bible has its own wording for these same patterns, uh, but the words that are utilized in Scripture are always in reference to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all the all that compulsive nature that's being described in these man in in this manic episode and in, the, in these symptomologies, scripture calls folly. Like all of that fall would fall under the umbrella of folly. Every, yeah. Um, yeah, I find it interesting. Like if you're in a manic phase, why does it always have to go to you're having sex with complete strangers now? Mm-hmm. Uh, why does it not go when I'm in a manic phase? I'm going to go feed the poor. There's something going on inside. And, and the reason I say that is because I have had many clients come into my office 
under a manic phase have said, you know, I had sex with five different people in the last two weeks and it, it it's only because of my mania. Now I'm going to give credence that maybe in their brain something was a bit off, but there's still a moral reality to what they did uh, before the Lord. And I have a lot of grace and a lot of mercy in that, in that regard, but it's a very complicated, you know, that's, that's still unfolding before God. And the scriptures do speak to those kind of things and what we need to do in the realm of, of repentance and mm-hmm. coming before God and embracing his gospel, that even if it was a lot influenced by something being off in the brain, that we can thank God that because of the work of Christ and him uh, performing perfectly in all of these kind of ways, that the gospel for the person in mania who goes out and does things that are very uncharacteristic, the gospel is still relevant to that person. Yeah. And it's, I mean, all of that really kind of falls under sin, right? I mean, it does, it's, yeah. it's it, like to your point, it's sure. not like, yeah, why can't my mania be when I do good things? Like I have goodness mania. <laughs> I go out and right. feed the poor and, and do all these wonderful things, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it that that's a that's a pretty clear now. See, as a Christian, we that's how we look at that. That's us pretty much using our biblical lens to interpret and evaluate those very things. Yeah, and that's why understanding these these two comparatively is really helpful because it, it allows us in the moment when we have dealt with somebody who's been overly psychologized and they are defeated by that label and they mm-hmm. they put they charge everything to that you know to that label is you know it's a disease. It's like and, I just and, have to accept it. And even if even if some form of disease is involved, we still have a theological category for that called yeah. the fall. Yeah. And the body is broken. You know, more and more and more, I am really uh, convinced that if we if we want to offer the most thorough biblical care, it's got to be soul and body. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily a psych- psychotropic pill. Uh, there's a lot of research out there on how diet and nutrition impacts mood and impacts certain mm-hmm. things. Uh, there's a, a very prominent physician here in DFW. Her name is Dr. Marianne Block. She actually spoke in front of, front of Congress years ago uh, because of the over prescription of Ritalin to children. Mm-hmm. And she has some amazing videos on her website where she has a kid and she gets, she sets a coloring book or something in front of him, go ahead and color. And the kid is just a sweetie little kid, they're coloring. And then she'll give him an injection of, of chocolate, which he's allergic to. And he turns into a raving, raging child. And so, you know, there's some things that we, that as biblical counselors, we definitely take seriously that we have bodies, the bodies are fallen. And if there are some ways that we can encourage other practitioners to come alongside of us to check out those things. I remember uh, Dr. Pallison. I mean, the most respected biblical counselor of our time, the most, in my opinion, probably most thoughtful, intelligent guy I've ever met when mm-hmm. it comes to mental struggles and scripture. Yeah. And I remember him going through a very, he would have probably been labeled with major depressive episode. That, that's a, that there's a high probability of that. He just had this season of a, a year or two where he just was low energy, very low in his mood. And he, you know, he was applying everything he knew biblically. Then goes to a sleep study, realizes he has sleep apnea. They fix the sleep apnea. He's no longer depressed. And I remember him talking about that. So we want to be very mindful. Our, our, we are soul physicians. Mm -hmm. So we're focused on the heart. We're focused on the soul. We're focused on the rights. We have an, an obligation to assess our, our folks 
under these other, under this grid of, is there pride going on? Is there selfish ambition? Is fear taking over? Is there uh, a struggle with drunkenness or idolatry? So that's where we want to be honing our skills as biblical counselors while also saying, hey, why don't you go see this functional nutritionist that might be able to do some work on a nutritional level to see if anything's off. Yeah. And I think that's a really healthy and, and loving way to, to help the people we're ministering to. That's really good. Uh, that's good. That's good. And you mentioned uh, Ritalin and we're actually going to be unpacking that next episode, ADHD. So um, any, any, Concluding thoughts? Well, uh, Jeremy kind of summarized a lot of this, but on the sheet outside of just kind of that, uh, the criteria sheet, there's one that's called for discussion. And at the very bottom, there's just this area that says counseling recommendations. And I really like this. I was going to read it. It says people citing a diagnosis of bipolar disorder often exhibit low levels of self-discipline. Therefore, it's important to make sure to outline a proper sleep schedule with them so that they may receive proper rest and discuss with such individuals biblical teaching on self-control and sleep. A second one is teach counselees to worship in the midst of depression versus becoming fixated on a cure for depression. I think that's really good. We kind of talked about that last episode. Do not counsel individuals to cease taking medication prescribed by a physician. Remember um, that you're not a doctor, but instead refer a counselee to his or her physician, but with appropriate questions to ask the doctor, which is really good. I remember having those conversations of saying, when you schedule your appointment, it's going to be a little bit out, like take time to really seek the Lord, write down your questions. They're there to answer those for you. But a book that you can actually read is by Elise Fitzpatrick and, and Hendrickson, and it's called Will Medicine Stop the Pain? Finding God's Healing from Depression, Anxiety, and Other Troubling Emotions. And so that might be a book mm-hmm. that you could read um, for further research. Um, but really overall too, it says resist temptations to be the hero. When unsure about counseling or direction regarding counselee, consult others who have experienced dealing with those citing a diagnosis for bipolar and grow from listening to his or her guidance. I think that's really wise because I think we're very quick to want to fix the problem. You know, mm-hmm. even as counselors, we want to help, which is really good that God has given you that gift of care and compassion. But remember that it's not just your own opinions, that you really need to understand your boundary and what role you play in caring for this particular man or woman and make sure that you allow other people where God is gifted and giving other people a passion to go deeper in a particular area to make sure that you partner with them and live out those one another scriptures by allowing them to enter into uh, the counseling session uh, with you or an advocate or a partner with them. So that's good. So, no, it's good. It's good. All right. I bet you didn't hear a word. I, I did. Said. I did. I did. That is very good. I looked over and your mind was like. Yeah. We'll like, see you guys next time. <laughs> Email us at speakthetruth.org. Right, the topics at speakthetruth.org. Thank you. <laughs>